Hello, dear listener. I have something truly special to share. It's an exclusive invitation to join me in Mexico for an intimate and luxurious three-day retreat along the beautiful Pacific coast of Zihuatanejo, taking place the weekend of the spring equinox, March 18th through the 20th. There's also an optional day to stay through the 21st for some special ceremonies that are happening in the area for the equinox. But the retreat itself is the 18th through the 20th, really an opportunity not to be missed. And I'm offering one lucky listener a discounted ticket. On this weekend that I've, I've just been loving into being actually for several years now as COVID and you know everything, but when we conceived of building this place, our home down here it's really what we envisioned, you know, bringing people down here for retreats, for trainings, because we felt and we knew that this space was special. And as people keep coming down and we keep getting the feedback, how magical it is, we want to share it in a really intentional way. You know, be working with the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, the metaphors of the season will set sight on a new vision for our mothering journey and creating a deeper connection to self and mother nature. So to win a discounted ticket, rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it and DM it to me on Instagram at Dr. Gertrude Lyons. And remember, the most important thing to mother is yourself. Give yourself permission to take a retreat this year. Besides, who said mothers can't go on a spring break? I'll see you there. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome to Mother. No, it's Mother. Welcome to Mother, the show where we can explore our inner mothers to actualize our greatest selves through interviews with incredible guests, live coaching sessions, and my own experiences. We're going to dive deep into embracing feminine values and reparenting ourselves. So be prepared to show up, hold space, and be mothered in a way you never have before, but have always needed. It's time we rewrite the Mud Her Code. Hi, and welcome to episode 36 of Mud Her, season two of Rewriting the Mother Code podcast. So today, get ready. The topic of today's episode, post-pandemic anxiety, avoiding burnout and overwhelm. Well, that sounds like fun, doesn't it? Well... No, it doesn't really sound like fun, but it's important because we are having a time, right? I know I am. I'm having my own time. It's really what urged me to do an evening, which I did last night, called an evening of emergence because one, I didn't want to do another online event and I wanted to create a safe space and have an in-person event just to do it, just to have that experience again. But I really was yearning for an evening, something that would allow me to really look at this past year. And, you know, we've talked about this before, but this year had so much to say to us, you know, so many gifts, so much that we had to be with and deal with that was like no other. And it's not surprising that you know, we're seeing some new instances and, and new ways that anxiety is coming out. I just talked to someone today who said, geez, like for me, just getting on, you know, in my car and driving around and, and seeing so many people and 
the coming out that's happening. On the one hand, oh, beautiful. We don't have to be quarantined, you know, for the reason that we were. And of course, we love that. But this year allowed us to slow down. It allowed us to really have an experience that we never would have created for ourselves otherwise. And it had its own anxiety, for sure. And, you know, we've talked about some of that. But the coming out of this is really showing us like how resilient are we? And that's really kind of what I want to focus on in this episode is the people who I've been encountering that are you know, emerging more consciously, more thoughtfully, and seeing the opportunity, and, but really being aware that this is something not just to go stumbling into, not to have it be a, a mindless, like, oh, we should just be excited. Let's go to festivals. Let's go to concerts. Let's just be around people. But be aware that our systems went through something really big this year. And that's what I noticed, you know, that I, I didn't want to have an intense evening of, of review. And I really wanted it to feel nourishing and a, a loving space so that we could just talk about it, you know, and talk about it from a perspective of not complaining, not, you know, hopelessness, or, you know, feeling like, ah, you know, I just kind of want to get through it and avoid it, but a place of honoring all that we've experienced. And, you know, one woman said, there were some really tough times. I, you know, had several breakdowns, so to speak, but just, you know, we're crying, you know, out of nowhere. And that's okay. Right. And to, and to talk about the, the things that we missed. And if we didn't allow ourselves to feel the feelings in that time, to feel them now. So I had the evening of emergence last night where we really allowed ourselves this space. And I'm so happy we did because I started seeing things and having compassion for myself in ways that I hadn't before about the year. And I think when we talk about or look at how do we avoid burnout or avoid overwhelm? Well, I don't know if it's avoiding it. It's like, how do we deal with it? And that's where this, this concept, this topic of resilience is, I think, so critical for us to take and spend a little bit of time with because in the positive sense, I trust that, you know, we want some or all of the following to be more productive and motivated, to deal with stress better, to be more satisfied and fulfilled, having a better quality of life, to handle change and challenges better, have a stronger immune system, realize our potential and see possibilities and be more loving and accepting to myself. I really like, you know, this focus of in the positive and research shows that all these aspects, you know, not only give us more satisfaction, they really provide and build our muscles of grit and resilience. And the real bonus is they give us a great life. Who doesn't want that, right? So we all do. But in the meantime, we're feeling stressed and anxious about we what can or may happen, you know, to us now that we're coming out. We feel a little at effect of it, right? Maybe even a little bit victimized, some helpless and hopelessness that I'll be able to design and have, you know, aspects of the life that I liked about this past year, but also deal with what it's going to take to create that that may not be easy, right? And still a sense and still an unknown of of the future and how things are going to be and, you know, and, and everything that's that's coming at us. And we've just spent a year watching ourselves, you know, deal with this stress. And we either, on the one hand, enhanced some of our unhealthy coping habits. I'll list a few uh, that you may relate to that you already, you know, kind of used as a, as a distraction or way to you know, we think take care of ourselves, but really saw increases in this year, including binge watching TV to escape. I know I did plenty of that. Drinking, medicating myself. Didn't do that. Shopping. Yes. Eating and snacking. Oh, man. 
That's a painful one for me because that's something I've always felt like I've, even in the hard times, challenging times, have kept, you know, a pretty good, I don't know, perspective and handle on, but not this year. And I'm, it's something I want to keep exploring because I think it's pretty significant that I had a big breakdown there and I want to keep unpacking that. And I did some of that last night with the other women in the night of emergence that, you know, to have spaces to share about it and be with the vulnerability of how attached I am to my body looking a certain way, right? So that was a stress for me this year and how I dealt with stress, social media. So, you know, and and then we may, you may have, or you may try and reduce our stress by meditating and creating, you know, a a Zen-like mindset. But sometimes that means we're like trying to be positive, but that can sometimes lead to a vicious cycle, right? So we do those, you know, the, the bad habits and then like, okay, I'll just like make up for it by, you know, doing these other things. And that just hearing messages about the importance of positivity can sometimes make us feel like we're failing at being resilient are successful. So I think that's something we really want to keep in mind. And I don't know about you, but some of the things that happen to me when I feel stress is I, I tend to give up, right? I tend to, to give up. I might just think that it's hopeless and I can't, you know, there's nothing I can do about the situation. But when I start looking at like, what could happen if I built more and and flexed slash built muscles of resilience? And I think this is where we really want to focus, right? Because we all, well, we need to look at like we just did, you know, name and what are some of the things that, that we do to deal with our overwhelm and anxiety. And I just named a few, but certainly, you know, there's plenty of them. And, and a lot of them are things that we kind of need to do for one reason or another. We just overdo it and escape. But in, in the resilience perspective, and when we're building resilience, the setbacks, disappointments, problems leading to extra stress can actually lead to strength and growth. So you know, people who have stronger muscles and have built some of these muscles and resilience can emerge from these same challenges uh, stronger than they were before. When we can flex and flow and cope with problems and setbacks, it means we've built some muscles of resilience. So I may have kind of known about that, but I haven't really like used the language of resilience. And I think that's so key coming out of this because I know I'd like to think, oh, that really big bad thing happened and now I don't have to worry about any big bad things. That's something like that's not going to happen again, but I don't know, right? So I figure the more I can build up muscles for the small stresses all the way up to the really big ones is going to really serve me. And so I want to look at how, you know, I can adapt well in the face of adversity, trauma, and tragedy. And, you know, what I've been learning is it's all about the ability to bounce back. It's not about eliminating or erasing life's difficulties. It doesn't mean ignoring my difficulties. And it also, on the other side, doesn't also mean, you know, looking at things through rose-colored glasses, like, oh, it'll be, it's all okay. You know, it's all good. There's lessons. You know, we don't, we don't need to sugarcoat it or have rose-colored glasses either. I just want to keep underlining this and believe me, I'm underlining this, you know, for you, but mostly for me, because I'm seeing this as kind of one of a really important focus for me as I emerge, you know, as we emerge into this, into this new normal is building my resilience. Hi, I'm so excited to share with you my 2024 Spring Equinox Self-Mothering Retreat that's happening this March, 2024. And I would love for you not only to consider it, but to attend. But in considering it, 
Hey, just knowing that you would be leaving cold weather, if that's the space that you're in, and coming down to just magnificently beautiful, warm, nourishing place of Zihuatanejo, Mexico. Zihuatanejo meaning land of the goddess women. And coming to really take time for yourself. Okay, and that I am learning more and more isn't just a nice thing to do or something extravagant or something selfish. It's essential. And I really want you to take it seriously to consider, you know, just think about what would it take for me to go? It's a five and a half day retreat, getting from where you are, getting there, landing there, and then being in a space that is all about you. It's all about nourishing you. It's all about tuning into you, using everything around us, the nature, the food, the beautiful people, the rituals, ceremonies. I bring it, you know, we really bring it. And we go deeper and deeper as the days go on and we release, we let go, we bring in what is nourishing, what is empowering, what is that space of just really divine feminine energy. And we do it in the community of women. It's not for everyone. I will be honest, you know, if the idea of leaving and not making it work or it's just too hard, not for you. If the idea of, you know, spending that amount of time inwardly focused and going to that level of self-awareness doesn't sound like something you're willing to do or put the time and energy into, then it's not for you. And it's good to know that, right? So this is for people who are serious about what it means to mother themselves, what it means to take time for ourselves and that gift and what that gift can bring to us. It was originally right after my fall retreat, it filled right up. But now some people, it turns out, are not able to come. So I do have a handful of openings. And if you're listening to this and you're willing to take that step, please reach out to me. We can do a discovery call or you can put a deposit down. I would love that. And you can do that by going to my website, www.drgertrudelyons.com. Go to events and there you go. It'll all be there. There's a beautiful page there for you to explore. I look forward to hearing from you and then seeing you on my spring retreat. So what are some characteristics, you know, and more? What What is this re- resilience? So people who are resilient don't shy away from their feelings and disappointments. So that's something we talked about last night, you know, really at times this year, not, you know, trying to make everything seem like okay when it wasn't, to really fully experience our pain, grief, and the loss. You know, whether you experienced direct tragedy this year or not, there was for sure some pain, grief, and loss at some level. But to really fully feel it, super important. And understand that setbacks happen and that sometimes life is hard and sometimes it's painful. It's, it's a reality. Resiliency allows us to work through our feelings and come through challenges stronger and even more prosperous than before. So one other aspect that I I want to talk about with this is what's a way, you know, what's kind of a pathway to have this? Because that sounds great. And we might even know that to a degree. But, you know, what's another framework we can look at to help us, you know, make the distinctions and catch ourselves when we're moving towards resilience or moving away from it? Remember, all of this is to help us deal with stress better and the burden, overwhelm and, and anxiety that we're feeling to some degree. And so Carol Dweck 
did amazing research, has really brought to the forefront, coined the concept of fixed versus growth mindset. So for her, they were, she was looking at how people think about their intelligence and learning potential. And do they do this with a fixed mindset? or a growth mindset. I mean, her studies are really pretty amazing, but I'll give like, you know, kind of the really super quick version of, you know, what happens when we have a fixed mindset? Well, when we have a fixed mindset and we come up against challenges in our learning, you know, and, and along the way through our learning is when we face something that we don't know how to do, we give up, right? We avoid challenges and we even see effort as fruitless, you know, worse yet, like we'll equate, if I have to put an effort in, in something, too much effort in, it means I'm incompetent. And that just really messes us up, right? Because what we're going to find out later, effort does equate to resilience. But so, you know, when we're confronted, there are several things that that we do to kind of deal with that. Well, one was the give up. One will kind of adopt an attitude of like, I don't care. You know, it doesn't matter anyway. And this thing that I thought I wanted and that when I found out it was too hard, like, well, it doesn't, I, I just don't care. I'll pretend I don't care. And I know I did plenty of that when I get an idea, like I, I really wanted to go to Vanderbilt University and I filled out the application and I was even granted an interview. This was quite some time ago and that all went really well, but I knew that my SAT scores did not, you know, I, I had a gap, put it that way. And Rather than just go for it and, you know, trust that there were other factors or, you know, throw my hat in the ring and see, I just didn't send it in. You know, it was one of those like, ah, I won't get it anyway. I don't care. You know, and only like apply to schools I knew I could get into, you know, things like that. Right. You know, some people kind of go an opposite way where they'll, you know, they'll deal with it by looking smart and care more about looking smart than that. So we do these things because we're scared, because we're having feelings, ignore criticism. We hit plateaus and we just kind of coast there because we've all been wired that to some degree, the fact that learning requires making mistakes and taking risks is for many of us, not something that's, you know, we're all that yucked up to do. And we have a lot of cha-cha about it. So we don't, you know, end up having the same level of building our capacity and achieving what we're even capable of because we do this. Now, learning to have a growth mindset. So cool, right? And in the Dweck studies, you know, especially around learning, the people with a growth mindset saw that their intelligence can be developed. And they, you know, they didn't associate performance with worth because they knew that their intelligence or their worth can always be developed such a key thing, right? So having this desire to learn meant embracing challenges, persisting in the face of setbacks and hardships, seeing effort as a pathway to mastery, value in celebrating the attempts that we had, learning from criticism, just talked about that in my last episode, how much and how powerful feedback and criticism is, and finding the lessons, inspiration, and the success of others. So Kind of a, a hack to start doing this is building the word yet into our vocabulary. So when I start going to like, oh, that's too hard, I can't do it, or there's no way I'll ever get that, just by adding yet to the end of that sentence sends my mind everything into a whole, like a whole different trajectory and, and direction. So I don't know how to do that yet. Wow, this is way more difficult than I thought it was. I can't do this, you know, and, and even with that one, adding a yet to it is really a game changer, you know, and there've been studies on this. And just by adapting that, just shifting that, catching ourselves in that give up space and adding the word yet to it, change the game completely. 
and I've been practicing it. It's only been a few days because I, I've been looking at this material and I had the opportunity to lead a webinar that Dr. Judith Wright and also Barbara Burgess developed at the Wright Foundation. And I got to just present it, right? They did all the hard work with putting together all of this data in the studies. And it was fascinating. And I did it. I decided, you know, to they needed support and someone to lead this webinar. So I did it because I really wanted to learn. And so much came up just in the leading of it, right? Like, oh, I'm not as good as Barb and Judith. And after doing this webinar, it's like, well, you know, I'm inspired by them and I'm not as good as, as them at delivering a webinar yet. And oh my gosh, like it just makes me happy every time I say it because suddenly things don't seem as hopeless. I may have to say it a lot and <laughs> may have to like really, you know, do some work on uh, allowing that to, you know, be a reality and, and persist with the work, but it's not an immediate stop. And I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing, right? Because we're all going to, we're going to keep facing setbacks. You know, we're going to keep facing disappointments. You know, we have some unsurety still of what's ahead for all of us. And it's kind of a, a natural part of life. There's going to be hard times. It's going to happen. Some of them are longer even than we may like, but there will be ups and downs. So rather than feel victimized by our circumstances or what Martin Seligman refers to as learned helplessness, you know, that's where we learn early on that when something's hard and we can't, you know, make it happen, we're less and less willing to make the attempts at tasks. And we just, we start developing this mode of being of learned helplessness. And, you know, knowing that and knowing that there is something that I can do about it is, I think, really enlightening, you know, and our, our culture is going to want us to think that there's quick, easy fixes or some of the ways like, yeah, let's just you know, go out and whoop it up and celebrate in that way. I think, you know, us celebrating our hard work, you know, the mistakes, celebrating, going back and looking at our year and celebrating where we really let ourselves feel after a major disappointment. There's a process we use at the Wright Foundation called the CAVE process. And I think this is another tool that helps us deal with our stress and anxiety and build resilience because when you start doing some behaviors where you let yourself take risks and put yourself in territory that's not as easy and comfortable, you want to come back and use this CAVE, C-A-V process, which is celebrate analyze, create a vision, and then execute. So celebrate how well you did it or not, just that you made the effort, analyze, really kind of dig into it, what worked, what didn't, uh, set a vision for yourself of, of what it'll be like as you move forward, what you want your life to look like, and then a plan for executing again. So I know I want to keep doing things. I think having an evening like I did last night that was so intentional around coming together, you know, speaking about what this year has been like in a non-linear, not just, just allowing what was, you know, present for all of us to emerge and, you know, really using the evening to everything that is a space of sharing. And I, I really want us all to be doing so much more of that. I know that was a drop in the bucket for what I need. So here we are looking at, you know, the overwhelm anxiety, like as we're going to this next phase, you know, our new normal. And I'm hoping that, you know, we have some additional perspectives to deal with it, new ways. And that's around building our resilience, adopting the behavior of saying not yet. You know, when we look at something we want or a different place that we want to be, that we're just not there yet. And in closing, I want to come out of this as resilient as possible. I don't want to 
feel like my overwhelming anxiety is something to fix. Rather, it's something that's providing me data, providing me information for challenges that I have ahead. And when I have that perspective and that mindset, I'm just really experiencing that anything is possible. We can create a world out of this experience that we just had that is so much better and brighter and more sustainable. So I'm excited about that and look forward to talking about it more and seeing what's yet to come. Thank you so much for choosing yourself and taking the time to listen to this podcast. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe to Mother. Wait, no, subscribe to Mother Her. It helps other people who need this message, aka all women, well, actually everybody, men included. I'm honored to have you on this journey in mothering yourself. Remember, change is uncomfortable, but it's beautiful and it starts with us. And if you can't wait until next week's episode, follow me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Dr. Gertrude Lyons or at my website, drgertrudelyons.com. I'll see you next time.